This is the Fantasy Nightcap, a Fantasy Nightcap production with your host, Shane. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Nightcap. I'm your bartender and host for the night, Shane. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And we've got a fun one tonight, especially for you college football fans, because joining me tonight is co-founder of the Campus to Canton uh, website and brand, co-host of the Debbie Debate and Campus to Canton podcasts, Austin, who you can find on Twitter at Debbie Dietz. Austin, how you doing tonight, man? I'm great, Shane. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. This is so I, I had four shows here tonight. Nice. This is the cap on the end of it. So I'm I and I think I was most looking forward to this one. And I'm awesome. not just saying that because I'm on here. I'm very excited to talk, <laughs> you know, Devi and what it is and, and all that good stuff with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and well, it's it's appropriate that the the cap is the fantasy nightcap. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um. <laughs> And Austin already kind of mentioned it, and obviously with his his title and, and who he is, we're talking Devi and, and Campus to Canton. And really what I wanted to give you guys as listeners this week is just kind of an intro to what it is in case you're newer to Dynasty Fantasy Football and, and then what levels are past that. Because um, I know probably two years ago, I had no idea what Devi was. And now I think I'm in like three or four Devi leagues and haven't breached into a Campus to Canton yet, but uh, I'll get there. It's so, always it's a gradual thing. Before you know it, it it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Austin, before we jump into the questions and the the show, though, there is one question I always ask on every episode: What are you drinking tonight? So this is this is a this is not the best night to be asking me this. So I that the expo's coming up. I have to look good for the expo. Okay, yeah. So I I am cutting alcohol out for the next couple of months here. To try okay. to trim up a little bit here for swimsuit season and the expo. So uh, so no <laughs> beverage for me tonight, just water. But um, if I were drinking something uh, at this time of the year, a real nice, you know, fruited sour or something like that is my go to. So um, I, Absolutely. now you've got me kind of now I have a hankering for one. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your favorite or your go to then? Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of local breweries here. I'm in Pittsburgh, um, okay, and cool. so we have we have a place called Grist House here that does a really good uh, fruited sour called Big Sippa, and that's okay. that's been my go-to. I actually, they they were running low on it a couple yeah, weeks ago, and I went to the brewery and just said, "Give me all of the Big Sippa you have left." Nice. I took it all home with me. So uh, very yeah, big, nice. big fan of it. I've got some stashed away. Very nice. Um, yeah, I I like a good fruit beer, and I'm actually drinking a mango IPA right now from Palmetto Brewing Company uh, here in South Carolina. So. That sounds good. I too. love that. And then uh, one of my favorites is uh, Son of a Peach. It's a peach wheat ale, and it's oh, it's delicious. Fruited, fruited beers. I, I didn't think I would like them a couple years ago, but if they're done right, it, it's really, really hard to beat. Yeah, like absolutely. It's refreshing and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. So, And I, I appreciate the uh, the trimming up for the uh, the expo. Um, I'm working on trimming up myself, uh, kind of getting back into the the swing of things after a Disney trip where I was like, I'm just going to eat and drink whatever I want. And then this past week was crazy. So this week I'm, I'm getting back on my routine and going to the gym and whatnot when I can. So you but, have to, you have to go crazy at Disney though. Yeah, absolutely. You have to. Yeah. So much good food, so much good food. So I, I got to start having kids so I can go to Disney. <laughs> that's, that, that's the only reason I'll have them just, just so I can experience it. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're good tax write-offs too. That, um, so there you go. There's two benefits. Of <laughs> awesome. Well, we've probably talked enough about drinking food for now. Uh, so let's jump into intro to Devi. Um, so this first question, I'm going to let you answer. Um, and probably the second question too, even though I've got a good idea of, of both of them, but I want the experts answer here. So what is Devi and where did the name Devi come from? Sure. So Devi is basically like if you buy a video game and you get DLC for it, that, that kind of adds a little something extra to, to the video game itself. That's basically what Devi is for a regular dynasty fantasy football league. I think the term Devi, as far as I've heard, Scott Fish is actually the person that invented Devi like of course 20 years ago. Yes, yes. All things eventually circle back uh, to, to the famous Scott Fish. So as, as far as I know, he's the guy that originally came up with it. It's short for developmental. And basically okay. what it is, is you have your regular Dynasty League. You do everything that you would normally do in your regular Dynasty League. You have your startup, your rookie draft, you keep your roster year to year. The only difference is that you have this group of guys that are still in college that you draft. You have a separate little draft every year. Those guys don't do anything for you. They just kind of sit there, they look at you, and then you own their rights. So once they come up to the NFL, they shift over to your dynasty roster. So that's that's basically the uh, the the premise of a Debbie format. They they range in size all over the place. You know, I've seen leagues where they just have one round of draft every year. I've seen some where they have you know, 10, 15, 20. So uh, they can really run the gamut of how deep into the college format you want to get. But um, that that is basically the Devi elevator pitch in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and I, of course, like we said, Scott came up with the name. Um, and I think you're right. I think Devi does come from developmental league. Um, and also to your point, like I'm in a best ball league where we actually decided to add a Devi component this year. Um, and we did a two round draft. I'm in another league that I'm the commission of and we dropped, I think, down to seven or eight rounds. Um, so that one was really deep because the uh, the startup draft was last year and our initial Debbie draft was 10 rounds. So we're real deep on that one. Um, but then I'm in a couple that are, are five rounds too. So I think I prefer like a good five-round draft every year. Allows you to kind of pick up the guys like, let's say, a Kenny Pickett or a Zach Wilson maybe flew under the radar in the first couple of rounds and then start picking your, your Devi players later on. Yeah. There's always a couple guys that fall through the cracks unless you're yeah. in like a, a, an insane, you know, 20 round one or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I had one a couple of years ago where I, I got uh, Justin Jefferson actually had fallen through the cracks. Somehow. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had like the one one and got him. So there's, there's occasionally guys fall through the crack. It does make those, those rookie picks, you know, depending on the depth, a little, a little less valuable, unfortunately, but you know, yeah. something has to give. Yeah. So what is the standard format of a Devi league? I mean, I think that's the best part of Devi is that I, there's n I wouldn't really say there's like a standard format. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I've, I, I have people who message me and they'll say, you know, I have a one round Devi draft and it's only college guys. I'll have people message me and say it's 20 rounds and we can take guys from high school. Um, and yeah. that, that's fine. Like you can dig really deep into that as well. So I don't think there's a standard format and five to seven rounds probably is what I typically hear the most. And I think, you know, limiting it to guys that have at least 
declared to you know signed at a college is kind of where a lot of leagues draw the line but yeah yeah i've seen i mean there, there's that one that pinnacle of Devi that was 100 rounds or something and i'm pretty sure <laughs> travis may took his own kid in it or something like he was just <laughs> so in, in, in 20 years if he's playing college football travis has him on his roster wow that's insane yeah like I don't even know. Like, how do do you have time? You personally have time to scout high school kids. That's, I mean, uh, area of expertise is not the right word to use, but that's kind of the area that I like to dabble in the most. Yeah, like high school juniors, okay. seniors coming up, especially for like those those campus to Canton leagues where that's kind of what you're drafting. Um, I, I spend a lot of time watching those guys and just trying to get a feel for you know. Where are they going? What's the depth chart going to look like there? What's their game look like? You know, all those kinds of things. It's a lot of fun. Obviously, a lot more unknowns. I mean, we think we we don't know if Kenneth Walker can catch passes, and we've seen him for six more years. Uh-huh. I've seen this running back out of you know Missouri who looks really good, but I I can't exactly tell. So yeah, yeah. a lot a lot of uncertainty, but a lot of fun too. Yes, definitely. This question was not on the show sheet, but I just thought of it. Uh, how do you deal with, we'll call it the disappointment of like someone that you draft early, who's got a ton of potential and then just disappears. I'm very much like I, I, it's really funny. We talk about this all the time with like the guys at campus to Canton. I am willing to cut bait on guys like so quick. Okay. So it doesn't bother me a ton. I know for people that, you know, get really attached and hold on that they'll, they'll hold on to guys, you know, a little longer <laughs> than maybe they should have. I'm, you know, if, if I expected something this year and you didn't do it, it's probably, you know, say la vie, we'll, we'll write this off. We'll just, we'll go into next year. And I, short memory is the way to go. You have to, you know, you just have to go into a prepared. You're going to be wrong like 50% of the time. And as soon as you sure. embrace that, everything's, then you're just happy that you're hitting on the other 50%. Like it's, it's all yeah. about perspective. Um, that's how I generally look at it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what do you think Debbie does for those of us that, play dynasty and especially for those of us that are let's say experienced dynasty players but looking to get into debbie i think it just gives you a really good idea of kind of what's coming down the pipeline you know even if you're playing regular dynasty you're moving you know at this point you're 2023 2024 even 2025 picks you're probably able to move in your drafts i think visualizing in your head just you know roughly what who this pick could be I think mm-hmm. can be very, very helpful and kind of the depth of drafts. You know, if you're looking at those 2023 picks, those have been hot. You probably can't really get those anymore, but you can look at a pick and say, you know, this is probably a mid first round pick. What wide receiver or what running back is going to be there at that pick? Yeah. I think just kind of helps you visualize a little more, you know, instead of the ambiguous, you know, mid 2023 first, I, I, I'm now saying, you know, it could be, this could be, you know, Tank Bigsby, the running back from Auburn or, or yeah. Keishon Boutte, the wide receiver from LSU. Like I'm starting to put a name to, to that pick. And I think that kind of just gives you a better idea of what you're, you're trading for and, 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 and all those things moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think for me personally, what it does is it gives me I guess prior knowledge and more scouting experience, like more reps in the skit, like watching film and and looking at statistics and things like that, to really figure out who these players are and kind of hone your hone your own craft as well when it comes that's a to great way. dynasty. That that's a really good point. Yeah, I had not thought of it like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads me to my next question. We may expand on this a little bit just so we can talk about some more players. 
I think I know the answer. I'll give you my answer first. Who's the 101 of Devi right now? And for me, it's it's Bijan Robinson. And yeah, I, I feel like it's yeah. a lot of people's. Yeah, I think I, he's been my 101 uh, for, for about a year and a half now. Yeah, I really like him. I do think there's the folks that um, are, you know, they can't resist taking a quarterback first overall. Mm-hmm. I think for those folks, you know, CJ Stroud is a is a fine quote unquote consolation prize as well. That quarterback at Ohio State there. So I, I think those are the two guys I see go first a lot. And I really don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Awesome. So that leads me to this question. Where or who are which camp do you lie in right now? Kayshawn Boutte or Jackson Smith and Jigba? Somebody asked me this a, a week or two ago on Twitter, and basically I, I did a total cop-out answer. I was like, <laughs> if I had to rank them, it would be no, number one would be healthy Kayshawn Boutte, number okay. two is JSN, and then number three is like this mystery injured Kayshawn Boutte that we don't really know what's happening. For those that okay. aren't familiar, mysterious quote-unquote lower leg injury yeah. last year, still in a boot, rumor maybe it was an Achilles, he's had a second surgery, um, but when he was healthy, I mean, he was incredible, so... If he can come back healthy, he he's still my my top wide receiver in that 2023 class. Yeah, are you a JSN guy? No, I'm a I'm a Boutte guy. You are as okay. well. Okay. It's well, just, you're an SEC guy, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like watching JSN, like he's that dude too. So like if you miss out on Boutte or if you take JSN first, like I'm not faulting you. He's that dude. You're happy with either of them, and the way I've kind yeah. of been saying it lately is like I, so I not to get like too philosophical. I think there's like uh, positional versatility for wide receivers. Like you can play mm-hmm. the XYZ and then there's rule versatility. You know, you can play short, intermediate, and deep. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, however you fit into that grid. Uh, JSN, I think probably, probably has positional versatility, although we've only seen him play in the slot. But I think Boutte has that positional versatility and he has more role versatility. Like he'll win deep. I'm not sure yeah. JSN is going to be able to do that consistently in, in NFL. Okay. And that's what separates the two for me. Just Boutte, I think you could, Ask him to play the slot as a rookie, and he could do it yeah. at a high level. You could say, you're our ex. We're going to send you deep 30 times a game, and he could do that consistently and win. So yeah. I think that's kind of what separates the two. Okay, that makes sense. So similar question, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? I think you lean Stroud, right? I go back and forth on this. You know, I I think the the, the Bryce Young, six foot 190, I think his, the size concerns are a little overblown. But mm-hmm. you do have to wonder about it. You know, how's the NFL going to think about this? Do, are they going to think it's too small? Is that going to hurt his, you know, draft capital or landing spot? Stroud's a little bigger, 6'3", 215-ish. Um, and he, they're both going to have amazing years this year. Like they're, So I don't think we're really going to get answers in 2022 as, as to, you know, which guy no. separates himself at all. Yeah. No, and again, I'm, I'm, I lean SEC here, but it's because I've watched, like, the pocket poise that Bryce Young has to me is something that you can't teach. And it seems like he's got just years and years of like wisdom, I guess, and experience in the pocket to where like he's not phased by pass rushes and he'll take his time um, and not like hold the ball too long, take his time, but like, He'll read the defense and be patient and let routes develop and and not rush decisions or, or make bad decisions, I feel like, is what I've seen. Yeah. I thought his first half against Georgia and the uh, the SEC championship game was like I know he, he you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, twenty for twenty for he had Hey fantasy nightcap listeners, this is FF Shane B here. 
giving you guys a quick ad for Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable, all in one place. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, like us, science, to Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well, which is where we come into play. So explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Our podcast, Fantasy Nightcap, is there too. I started using it as my default podcast app, and you should too. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description and use promo code FNC Podcast. That's with a zero, not an O, and receive a one month free premium subscription. Have a great day and join Newsly. Some missed passes, but it was about as perfect of a half of football yeah. as you can see a quarterback play with the amount of pressure that he was under. It, it was pretty incredible. Because yeah. uh, Georgia's defense, it. it was fast, fast, as I've titled one of my previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, I mean, he just made it look like it was another day at the office. Yeah, he, yeah. he is definitely very cool back then. Exactly. Um, sometimes a little too cool. It's kind of freaky. <laughs> we, we, we've been saying from like, I wish he would just run more. Like, yeah. that, he like won't run because he feels like running is like giving up on the play. It's like, dude, just take off. You'll, you'll get your eight yards slide. Yeah. And we'll, exactly. we'll fight another day. I was listening to... I think it was my cousin's podcast, actually. And they were talking about how Lamar and Kyler uh, both are, specifically Kyler, is very good at not getting squared up when he gets hit. And so him being smaller is excusable. I feel like if Bryce Young could develop that as a rusher, then the size concerns go away and he adds that rushing component to his, his game, from a fantasy perspective at least. Yeah, it's a good point, and I wonder if we'll ever even like get the chance to see him do it. Like he just seems yeah. so hesitant, and I wonder if Saban's in his ear saying, "Don't do it, don't do it." Uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I, it's one of those things where it's like I would love to see him do that. Do we actually get to see it? Yeah, yeah totally. So, okay, so this 2023 class, Austin, is loaded. Uh, I was in a, a startup draft recently. And I made a bunch of trades to where I have six 2023 20, firsts and two or three 2023 20, seconds. First question for you is Is the class a bit top heavy? I think it is. But I think the nice thing about a class is like when you look to 2022, like a year out, like I think we all mm -hmm. agree this is, you know, not a very strong rookie class. It, yeah. The list of names was so short. That there was no leeway for it. Like if a guy dropped off the map, there just weren't enough names to to make up for that. You know, we basically had like two to three running backs, two quarterbacks, two like two or three wide receivers. Like it, the, the list was like eight or nine names long. And if any of those guys messed up, like then we were really, really in trouble. I think the 2023 class, you know, inevitably you'll have a guy or two, you know, maybe get injured this year or just, you know, not perform or, or for whatever. But I mean, we've got legitimately probably two to three quarterbacks. Four or five wide receivers, probably four running backs. We've even got a tight end or two in, in the mix as well. So, you know, I mean, I think it, it's just it, 14 names feels a lot better than eight. So even if, you know, the yeah. depth maybe doesn't add up, it just makes you feel better about those those first rounders maintaining value 
uh, unlike some of those 22 ones did, especially once the draft happened and we got some landing spots and stuff. Some weird landing spots too. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, what you just said brings up a good point for me that we also had some people that stayed in school that didn't make sense, if you ask me, at specifically the quarterback position that could end up adding some depth to the class. Now, there's probably, and I, I'm thinking of at least one running back in Zach Charbonnet, but there's a couple of different guys like that that we didn't expect necessarily to be in this class. Like, I was expecting, like, Spencer Rattler to be in 2022. He's probably going to he'll be in 2023 does dju come out in 2023 or does he stay for a senior year and go 2024 like there's different scenarios like that that could end up adding depth to the class at certain positions oh for sure and there i mean and there's always like that that sub list of guys it's like any of these 10 could work their way into first round driving you know one yeah. one or two does um and i think that list looks pretty solid this year too especially at, at quarterback and running back which are you know the money positions they're kind of the ones that drive a, a class so things yeah. looking good there yeah you're gonna laugh at this but f i still have my fingers crossed for bonix so it's actually really funny that i've come around to the point now where he's just like a total buy for me in most formats because people really? like he's just a joke like so we yeah. would do like mocks like 20 round startup mocks last year and like okay. the joke was that like if you timed out we gave you bonix <laughs> Like that, that, and everyone was like, oh, okay, I won't time out. Um, but now at Oregon, better weapons. I think the line's going to be better. You Best know, offensive line he's had. It's not the in SEC. His career. I mean, yeah. I, I think there's a lot to like there. You know, does he get the first round? That's a big ask. But, you know, yeah. if, you know, at Auburn, legitimately, at times, you look like a sixth round guy. So I, and I think he's yeah. day two at this point if he looks really, really good this year. Well, and like Auburn's my favorite team. You know that. Anyone who listens to this knows that. But like, the thing that I saw this past year was he actually did seem to improve with his footwork and his decision-making. And those were the areas coming off of his sophomore year that I really wanted to see. Obviously, with the, the coaching change, and like you and I were talking about pre-show, pre some, some culture changes that occurred, it was the right move for him to transfer out. And I think Oregon ultimately is a really good spot for him because like we just said better weapons like i think and i don't even know what oregon's wide receiver class looks like but they could still probably run circles around auburn's wide receivers group they're like auburn's wide receiver group is just a complete mystery to me at this point best offensive line and i think that's going to be huge for him going forward because he's had to run for his life all three years at auburn yeah if the improved footwork and decision-making that I've seen is actually there. He'll actually have time to show it this year. And, yeah, and he, yeah. And he knows Dillingham. I think that yep. helps a lot. Their offensive coordinator. Yep. He really like, he just has to stop doing like this two really like monumentally stupid things he does per game. Yeah. He, I've exactly. called him like the smartest dumb quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Like he, <laughs> once or twice a game, he just does this thing and you're like, what, why, what, whatever possessed you? to do that yeah. and part of it's the line like is not good he feels like he has to do a little bit but it's it's incredible yeah. i think oregon will be a better place for him for sure yeah totally all right that's enough bo nicks talk let's transition to the next two classes and i admittedly don't feel as comfortable 
and maybe it's just because like we're two years out. I don't know. With these two classes, the 2024 and 2025 class, who are some names? Maybe give me like two big names outside of Travion Henderson and maybe Xavier Worthy and like two or three mid-round guys and maybe two sleepers that you're looking at in the 2024 and 2025 class. Because for it seems like for three years we've known this 2023 class was coming and it was yeah. strong. 2021, we also knew it was going to be pretty strong. And then 2022, we had an idea it was going to be weak. I have no read on the Twitter sphere or anything on what 2024 and 2025 hold. So if you will, enlighten us, please. It's it's really hard uh, to judge this 2024 class a little bit, partially, like you said, because, you know, we've only seen one year. You know, you only get so many breakouts year one. You know, a lot of those break these big breakouts come year two. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that COVID kind of pushed all these classes back. Mm-hmm. And kind of smushed them all together. So you had a lot of teams running fifth and sixth year seniors out there this year. Yeah. Uh, so that that was blocking some paths as well. So I think you know some guys that that maybe in prior years might have gotten some more snaps didn't. Um, but I, two big names I think that that I think you have to be on on the lookout for Braylon Allen, the running back at Wisconsin. Um, people will come after me if I, I don't talk about him. I'm still a little skeptical. Okay. Uh, I'll be completely honest. He's almost 240 pounds. That's really big for a running back. Yeah. Those guys, you know, you get you get one every now and then. You get your AJ Dillons, your your Derrick Henrys, uh, Demarco Murray was up there for a few years, but like that prototype doesn't always work out so well in the league. So I want to see him do it for another year at Wisconsin. And his pass catching is just a total mystery. Like we just yeah. literally, he, we don't know. They didn't target him at all last year. Like we, yeah. we, and he was a running back coming out of, or a linebacker coming out of high school. So it's not like we can go Goodness. back to his high school tape and like watch yeah. him catch a bunch of passes. Like we just, we literally don't know. Don't know. Yeah. It, so it's not the Kenneth Walker debate. So yeah. it's like, well. So speaking of Derrick Henry, the little aside here, did you see the video last night of him doing speed drills up the up hill? Up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Running from him would be like running from a bear where they say like run zigzag or like run uphill or whatever. It wouldn't matter. Derek it d- it wouldn't even matter in that case. Like if you watch that video, that's uphill and he's zigzagging. Like yeah. Bo McBrayer asked me, like, imagine if you were on flat ground. And I was like, yeah, I'd be dead <laughs> like, oh, yeah. in three seconds. <laughs> It really puts in perspective when people are like, would you rather try to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field or like, you know, Alvin Kamara? And you're like, well, maybe Derrick Henry would trip over me. And it's like, well, yeah, but I think I'd be dead after watching that video. Like, I th- yeah, I'll, I'll 100%. choose Kamara. Yeah, 100%. All right. Sorry for that little aside. Continue on the 2024 no, no, class, you're please. Good. Yeah. So Braylon <laughs> Allen's a big one, like big back. Okay. It's Wisconsin. He's going to get drafted. So yeah. I, 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 he's a guy that, that really should be on your radar. Um, I'll talk about a quarterback for my other, you know, big name. Uh, and I guess I'll go Caleb Williams. That's like the basic answer. Okay. Yeah. He was at uh, Oklahoma last year, um, took over for Spencer Rattler. Part of the reason that, you know, we just talked about, he, he had to transfer and go back to school cause, cause Williams came in. He was the number one kid in his class. He's a dual threat, got all the tools you want, transferred to USC to follow Lincoln Riley this off season. Yep. Um, looked good in the spring. That offense, it, their defense is so bad. They're going to have to score 45 points a game. So we're going to get a lot of tape on him with the ball in his hands, passing, running. So I think he's another guy that I think, you know, worst case, like his value will, will hold for a couple of years. So, so if you're in a Debbie league and you're worried about a guy flaming out, he's, he's a guy that I would take and not worry about flaming out at least until he gets to the NFL. Then maybe if you yeah. want to move him, then you could do that. 
and just got Jordan Addison too. Man, I'm a Pitt fan. Why do you have to do that? Oh, sorry. Uh, that hurt. That oh, hurt. I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, was that, not that, intentional. <laughs> that, that one really, really hurt. I was like, man, we bring back our whole offense except for Kenny, and then he left. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Moment of silence. At least, you know, at least he went to a good home. They'll use him. Yeah. He didn't go to Wisconsin or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, two mid-tier guys that you think could maybe – you could maybe get in, like, let's say the second round of your 2024 rookie draft um, or that could potentially rise up into that first round. I guess that'd be your 2025 rookie draft, but – 2025 rookie draft. Wait, you're talking about 2025 class? 2024. Oh, 2024. Okay. Um, hmm. Um, da, 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 I'm trying to pick out like a really good mid-round name here that that maybe, you know. How about Parker Washington is a good name. Okay, he's a, he's I like that Penn one. State. Yeah. Um, slot only probably, but he's 5'11", like 200, so he's kind of that beefy slot. Pretty good athlete, you know. I think he'll test 4'5 or below. Uh, and the 40 and he's pretty explosive um big question for him is going to be you know t- does he take over the penn state offense without Jahan dotson there because yeah. he's kind of had Jahan dotson to take some heat off the bowl game dotson sat out and he had this insane one-handed catch i think he had over 100 yards so uh, first impression was good if he maybe we're even talking about him earlier than the second round um next year if he does that again but it, it's such a good draft that I think he's the kind of guy that falls a little bit. Um, so he, okay. he's a mid-round guy that I really, really like. Um, and then actually, like, how about a guy that, that's been forgotten a little bit? Um, how about Rakeem Jarrett? Yeah, Maryland, Maryland right? Yeah, yeah. Like Five-star kid. So it's like, you know, this, you know I mean, I'm not digging up, you know, some two-star kid here that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. But he's he's never really, like, you know, quote-unquote caught on. At Maryland, mm. yeah, he's yeah. been the second guy, second fiddle to Dante Demas, and even when Demas went down last year with a with a, a knee injury, I think he, in like the seven games after that, he led them in receiving once. It wasn't like yeah. he like took over the wide receiver yeah. and kind of put the team on his back. Uh, but Demas, really bad knee injury. I don't even know what his status is for this year. So I think he I saw something back. recently that he should be back and ready to go. Yeah, that, that's what he says. We'll see. I mean, those, yeah. those knee, it, it was a pretty bad knee injury. So, but I, I want to see him just take that next step this season. I think if he does, he's kind of like poor man CD Lamb a little bit. Very okay. similar build. I think, you know, he might end up being a guy that you play in the slot the first couple of years in the NFL and then maybe kick him outside uh, after he gets used to everything. So, that, yeah, those are two guys I think I'm pretty confident will probably go second round in drafts that I'll be targeting pretty heavily. Okay. I'm going to ask you, instead of for sleepers, I'm just going to ask you about one guy that I know is in this class, and you're going to laugh. Because, uh, again, you know, SEC bias, favorite team bias. Dark West Hunter. What, I think we talked about him in DMs recently. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Dark West? I, I, so my, my concern with Dark West, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, at least from from yeah. outside perspective. I didn't watch him last year and think, you know, He's elite in open space. He's elite, you know, uh, uh, speed, elite, um, you know, vision. Like I, I wasn't watching him, you know, he wasn't like checking off any of these like obvious boxes. So then you, you start getting concerned about, you know, he missing you know, where does he fit it? Does he have to go to a certain spot to kind of be a guy? And I was also a little concerned, you know, in the sec last year, he really faltered down the stretch. I know he had some sort of a little bit of an injury as well. Yeah. 
but yep. like his his efficiency from the out of conference schedule to the in conference was just a nose dives and tanks went down like slightly and we all yeah. talk about tank having like a, a bad year he tank was still like infinitely more efficient than than jarquez hunter was Dude, in that meat of the sec schedule so those those so, are man. some things that were a little concerning and yeah auburn was you know it's kind of not the best you know backdrop to assess somebody at right now I right mean, now yeah for sure especially we'll, we'll get a nice litmus test there with bo nicks if he looks so much better at at, at at uh, Oregon this year, we're going to be like, okay, like that's just like that. That honestly will probably help Tank Bigsby stock a lot. It'll probably yeah. help Jarquez Hunter's stock a lot too. Like, wow, this guy got out of there and look how good he looks now that he's not there anymore. Yeah. And I guess for perspective on that too, like you and I talked about, like it's, it, it's a coaching regime change, but it is also, there's a, just a very large culture change going on. And, uh, that I think will benefit Auburn in the long term, but right now, like you said, like it's kind of a just a dark, dark place in Auburn football history right now, um, which could end up, you know, depleting uh, the uh, the value of some of these guys. Yeah, sometimes you got to bottom out though to to bounce back up. So exactly, um, it, it looks like they've got, they're putting together a nice twenty twenty three class, or at least starting to. So yeah. Absolutely. All right. So give me like three guys in the 2025 class that you think um, people should know their name, um, whether it's a big guy, a uh, sleeper and a, a mid-level guy or three big guys, um, just because we're, I guess, technically three, two and a half years away from this class. Like, talk to us about this class and who we should start keeping our eye on. So um, I, it, it's, real, you know, it's it's kind of it's a little pretentious to be like looking at these classes three years out and be like, this yeah. is a quarterback driven class. I already yeah. know it. Like I've watched these kids. We don't really know what's going to happen, but I think the early indicators are that this is probably going to be a running back driven class. Okay. I, I of the past, you know, four to five classes since I've really been diving deeper into Debbie, this is the biggest class that I can remember. Like a lot okay. of like guys that are already 210, 215, 220 yeah. coming into college. So there's no, weight gain concern which is like always the the big concern with a lot of these kids yeah you know, jameer gibbs came in at 195 we were like he just needs to gain 15 pounds and he still only gained five pounds like so so you you worry about some of these guys but <laughs> i it, it happens all the time so it, it's nice to see you know like nicholas singleton's this kid that's going to penn state he was yes. one running back in the class huge just freak athlete here here from uh npa close to where i grew up um, I think he broke like the, the all time PA, like touchdown record or something. Um, nice. He's already like two fifteen. He's on campus at Penn state. Branson Robinson, the kid that's going to Georgia. He's already Good 220 Lord. plus he's there's pictures of him with biceps on biceps from like his sophomore year of high school. Like, yeah, that dude's a robot. He's, he's a tank. Even, yeah. 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 Like, I can't, I can't remember a kid like him coming out of high school, uh, in, in recent times. No, me either. So, I mean, they're, they're, I could go on and on. I mean, Trevante Citizen's going to Miami. He's 217. Jamari That's Miller's 210. One. He's at Bama. Uh, Jordan James at Oregon. He's 210. Like, Javante Barnes is over 200 Oklahoma. Like, all these kids are just really, really big kids. So I think it's going to be a running back-driven class. Uh, but I think the wide receivers are interesting, too. Um, so okay. I, I, I probably Luther Burden, who's at Missouri, is probably the, yep. the, the crown jewel. I'd probably be willing to bet he doesn't spend three years at Missouri, but 
we shall see. Um, but I think there, there's a lot of like, it, it's a really, really fast class at wide okay. receiver. So that, yeah. that's a lot of fun too. If just like one of the two of these guys kind of develop beyond that, you, you get you know, some, some scary looking guys there. All right, cool. All right, let's transition into campus to Canton. Uh, what is the, the difference between campus to Canton and Debbie? So if, if Debbie was kind of the DLC that you add on to, um, you know, get get different uh, clothing for your character or something on your video game, Campus to Canton is just you're buying uh, a second game that kind of goes with the first one. Um, it, it's basically you have your normal Dynasty League uh, and, and, you know, you, you have these guys, the rosters carry over from year to year, but you also have a college Dynasty roster as well. Guys that are freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, in, in, in college, you have a dynasty league with those guys and they accrue points every week. You, you, you get a college score, you have a college matchup. And once those guys graduate and go to the NFL, they just go straight up to your NFL team. So it, it's, it's, um, you know, you, you draft these guys in, in, you know, freshman year of high school or college, and you can have them up until they retire from the NFL at the age 35 if you really want to. And you get, you know, you kind of have two separate championships every year. You have your normal NFL championship, you have your college championship. Um, okay. So, it, so it kind of blends Debbie, it kind of blends like co- pure college fantasy football and then in dying aspects of dynasty as well. Awesome. With the, a big thing that I've seen uh, on Twitter specifically with campus to Canton and I think college fantasy football too, is like the waivers. What? What kind of players are you getting off of the waivers in a campus to can league? Talking like college side or like the yeah, college side. side, college side. Yeah, so I think like the general, like the if you call it like a default format, and it's it's so customizable that it's. But I think it's like twelve teams. You have a forty-five man roster on college side because like they don't have to report injuries in college. Yeah. So like you'll have a guy like the bench accounts for that. Like the, they have bye weeks that are all over the place. Like all, all these things kind of like you have a bit of a bigger roster that kind of account for all those things. And then waivers, usually you'll be in a league and they'll have like four waiver pickups a year and you can use okay. them whenever you want. It's kind of like, I think what's starting to be the default uh, version of that. And I like, you can find some great players on waivers Like Braylon Allen. We just talked about was on most waivers last year because this dude wow. was like a three-star linebacker that you kind of everything broke the way that it needed to yeah I think, you know this the starter got in trouble and then got kicked off the team the backup was injured and couldn't play like he was like the third or fourth string guy and was able to step in and take advantage and, and then kind of blew up from there so like that you can get guys like that yeah uh, off of waivers i actually think um my first c2c league i ever did three or four years ago as a freshman Brees hall was actually a, a waiver <laughs> pickup in one league. I can remember putting wow. in a bid and not winning him that week and being like, ah, that's okay. Like I'll just go pick up somebody else. And, and so that, <laughs> that kind of hurts. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get so yeah, that's it's 131 teams or whatever in an FBS now. So I mean, yeah, you, there's 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 plenty of to choose from usually on, on that ends of things. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which do you prefer, Campus to Canton or Devi? Um. I, uh, with my contract with Campus to Canton, I'm legally obligated to say <laughs> that I prefer Campus to Canton leagues, but I also do prefer uh, Campus to Canton. I've kind of shed a lot of my other leagues, and I'm kind of just drifting toward those because it gives you the Dynasty experience, the Debbie yeah. experience, the College Fantasy experience, all wrapped up in one league. Yeah. Um, and I just like the flexibility 
like I'm in a league now where I kind of um, I, I've been selling off NFL pieces for a few years, kind of building up like a college roster. Mm-hmm. And this is like the climax year. Like I have like okay. a lot of I have like the CJ Stroud we've already talked about, Caleb yeah. Williams, Jameer Gibbs, uh, a, a lot of these big wide receivers I have. Like my team is really stacked. So I last week I traded away some guys that you know are some Debbie guys for some guys that are more college fantasy. They're going to help me win that. Like I, I'm, I, you have a lot of flexibility. You know what is your priority this year? Is it winning yeah. the NFL? Maybe you're trading away your college pieces. If it's on the other side, maybe you're moving the NFL. I think it just gives you more flexibility. Like your rebuild doesn't have to be. I dumped everything on my roster for 2024 and now I wait and I'm just churning yeah. the bottom of my roster with Wayne Gallman and, um, yep. you know, like, you know, uh, Noah Gray and like, like trying to find an edge at that part. Like I'll trade them. I'll, I'll trade somebody. And you know, I've got, I've got these quarterbacks down in college and now I'm getting points from them. Hopefully mm-hmm. they make it to my NFL team too. So that's why I like campus camp so much. No, that makes a, a ton of sense. Uh, and I don't, have you ever played in a multiverse league? I have not, but I, I've heard a couple people talking about it. Yeah. So I am in three multiverse leagues because they're just, they're fun, but they sound a lot like campus to Canton where you've got two separate leagues basically, and you have a team in each, but kind of like you just said, like my strategy typically is I will build one up and kind of tear one down because you can trade assets to leverage that. And so that's what I'll do. But then like I've got one team that's like super young and rebuilding. And then I've got another team that's just a juggernaut and is going to just run through pre- through people. So it sounds like campus to Canton is, is very similar to that. And like you said, the benefit is like my one team can sit there and kind of rebuild, but I can still win something in the other league. Whereas in my home dynasty league, uh, I tore it down after year one because it like, it was just not going well. Um, it was my first dynasty league. Had no idea what I was doing. Kind of figured out that I was like, all right, I'm in the middle of the league, but there's no way I'm going to make it to the top, and there's no way I'm going to make a playoff run. So I just blew everything up. And now, two years later, I'm in position to probably compete this year. But it's it's been waiting and accruing – or yeah – accumulating those draft picks and then trying to execute on those and, and continuing to be active through trades. So I, I love that point about campus to can. It's nice too, because like say Caleb Williams doesn't work out in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's a dual threat guy. He's got a lot of stuff to work on. He, he never develops and you know, he did, he, he never becomes anything. I at least got use out of him for two years. Yeah, like it, for sure. I, you know, you, you Tim Tebow is nothing in the NFL. Like if yep. you, if you had Tim Tebow in a Debbie league, you got nothing out of him. If you had him in a campus to Canton, you got to enjoy some of those wild, those wild years mm-hmm. where he was rushing for, you know, 15, 20 touchdowns and, and throwing for another 20, 25. Like it's, it's just, I think it, it kind of, um, le- I, it, it's more, but it almost lessens the learning curve. Cause if you mess up, like it's a lot easier to fix it. And you are at least probably going to get something out of a trade. Whereas if you, if you mess up all those picks, you're just, you're, you're SOL and now you're back yeah. at square one. hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. Um, well, and then you've got the um, – what is the word I'm looking for here? We'll call it the crown jewel. That's not the word I'm looking for. But, like, let's say you get – sorry for, again, the Auburn reference. But let's say you get Cam Newton. Cam Newton has that Heisman year and then goes off and play still in the league but has a successful NFL career for six, seven, eight years. 
that's like the the pinnacle that I think was the word I was looking for of what it sounds like you could get in campus again. Exactly. He probably wins you the college side and then he probably won you an NFL side at least one time as well. Yeah. 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 100%. 100%. Uh, okay. So I feel like we've kind of answered this next question with kind of our discussion that we've had, but I want to hear if you've maybe got a different answer for me. Uh, how can you differentiate differentiate yourself i still didn't say it right to win both sides of a campus to can league um yeah i mean i think it's you know when you're in a dynasty league and you're buying rentals in season you know you'll go mm. out and get a um uh, you know elijah mitchell was kind of i think he's more than that but you know he was perceived as maybe a rental last year or um a gronk maybe is kind of perceived as a rental i think they have a lot of that uh in, in campus to cantons as well on the college side you know there's the running back at Marshall probably isn't really going to make it in the NFL. It's Rashino. Yeah. He was like the, the top five college fantasy running back last year. That's the kind of rental where if I'm trying to compete, I'll go snag that guy because I, yeah. you know, he's pretty, and, and it's, it's virtually the same value. It's, it's really not that much different. I'll go grab a guy from the Mac, you know, the mid American conference. It's, it's a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. And none of those guys really ever make it to the NFL. Sky Moore is kind of the exception. Um, but you know you those you know go get a guy from there. It's kind of a rental, and and they play soft schedules down the stretch. Like those are the guys you want. So I think those are the, it, it's the same thing as going to get a rental in the NFL, and a lot of times they're actually cheaper as well. That's actually why I kind of prefer to compete on the college side because a lot of people don't put as much effort into it, and you can kind of you know pick up some pieces like that pretty easily. Nice. Okay. Cool. Oh. I, especially with the way that you just answered this question, I like. I love my next question. I'm so smart. Uh, what is your player acquisition strategy? And I, what I mean by that is like, what do you do with a guy from a like? And you kind of answered this earlier. How long do you hold on to a guy who is a high performing college player that isn't going to make an impact in the NFL, like a guy from the MAC? I think, you know, in dynasty leagues, you try not to have guys, you know, die on your roster. You know, you most people say, you know, you trade Julio Jones at 30 because he's going to age out or you trade running backs at you know, once their first contract winds up because you know mm-hmm. they, they probably don't have too many years left. For college side of things, I don't mind guys just like graduating dying and, and dying yeah. on the roster. I, I don't mind that at all okay. um, because I, I, I'm trying to squeeze out every little bit of value. Uh, and they tend to be cheaper anyway. I'm not, um, you know, for as much T2C as I play, I wouldn't call myself a college fantasy expert. I definitely defer to a lot of our guys we have on on staff that like that's their expertise. They they have their rankings. I use their rankings. I don't I don't have them when I'm looking at that side of things. Um, and so I'll like because I'm not an expert in it, I'll go after those guys like earlier than other people will. Like I'll go yeah. after the obvious name. I'll go after a. Uh, a Jordan Mims, he's going to be the running back at Fresno that takes over for little Ronnie Rivers yeah. last year. Like Rivers, that offense has been a gold mine for running back production. I'll go get Mims a little earlier than somebody else might because I don't want to dig that deep for those names, and I want to win that side of things. So I'm I'm more inclined to to spend up a little bit for for you know guys that are probably only going to help me in college, or at least that's how I perceive them. Uh, I know okay. some people don't like to do that, and that's a valid strategy too. It's just how i personally do things yeah no i appreciate that for sure and that i think that's the beauty of fantasy football in general yeah there's so many different ways to win there's different ways to win a multiverse league there's different ways to win a c2c league there's different ways to win a Devi league 
like so many different strategies, all viable, some more viable than others. Um, yeah, I'm looking at you zero RB people. Um, and it's just, it's fun. And yeah, I love it. I love fantasy yeah. football. I, I do too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we haven't, we haven't reached the part of the off season yet where the zero RB battle begins. So I'm, oh, I, I usually take that week or two off from, from that's, social media. That, yeah. That's a very good idea. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Who are some of your favorite sleepers in campus to can this year? specifically on the college side? That's a fun question. Uh, I think I actually, like, I feel better about my list this year for sleepers than I did okay. last year. Um, a, lot, a lot of fun wide receivers, I think. Yeah. It, it, like, I think wide receiver is a position where, uh, you know, college passing offenses, there are some really explosive ones, and then there's some that are stuck in the dark ages. It's a lot easier to find a, a, a high-end running back producer than it is to find a wide receiver. So I try to load up on wide receivers a little heavier. So if I can kind of solidify a, a nice pool of players to choose from, I feel good about that. A couple deeper names, I think, this year. Um, uh, Tariq Milton was supposed to be the the big name at Purdue this year after losing okay. David Bell because they had Rondale, who was very productive. They had mm-hmm. David Bell. We were like, yes, Tariq Milton's next. And then he got kicked off the team. Um, so now we're like, okay, where do we pivot? Uh, a name that I like from that side of things is Brock Thompson. Uh, boundary guy for them had a really big bowl game he had like 180 yards and a couple of scores or something like that um so i think he's a guy that can step in there and put up like that david bell stat line you know you're not looking for him to really be an nfl guy but but that's a guy that can do a lot uh and and speaking of replacements at at teams that 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 have kind of shown to to have a system that's productive javon highly was the wide receiver at coastal carolina the past couple years was a really big star there with isaiah likely he's gone uh, who steps up? They got a transfer in from Georgia State. Sam Pinckney is a guy okay. that I really like. The coaching that staff's been really so high on familiar. him. He had a one really big year at Georgia State with Cornelius Brown, the fourth as his quarterback, and then like okay. kind of like fell up. Like quarterback left, he left. New guys came in, but he's a coastal now, and he's a name I haven't really heard anybody talk about him actually. Um, but he's a guy that I think could step in there and, and be pretty dangerous for them and put up. Javon Hiley, I think, has been a, a wide receiver two kind of guy. Uh, in college for the past couple of years. So that, that's a guy, that's gotcha. a, that posi- a position that I kind of want to target. Okay, cool. All right. Last question for you. Uh, and then I, I want you to just talk about campus to Canton, the website and then the brand after this, but uh, Debbie tight end one and, and two is kind of a toss up. I think uh, for most people between Brock Bowers and Michael Meyer, Eileen, Michael Meyer, but that's just because of bias again. Um, who are some tight end targets from a Debbie and campus Canton perspective that you would tell people to look at? So that's a loaded question because I tell people not to touch Debbie tight ends at all. Um, okay. But, but if I had to, where it's like a super deep league or you start to, or, you know, uh, some sort of you know, gimmicky tight end boost, uh, Michael Triggs, the first name uh, going to be a second year guy at Ole Miss. Where he came over he? from USC. Um, this okay. off season, he's like six, four, two forty ish, crazy yes. athlete, basketball background. Like okay. he might be their leading receiver there. And that offense will score check in the boxes. A, a ton. <laughs> so Trigg's a big guy. Um, and then the, and where is my, he? He's at Ole Miss now. 
Okay. He trans- so him and Jackson Dart were the quarterback were at USC and they both were a package deal on the portal this year. Got it. So cool. cool, cool. Mess, which is another reason to like him. Him and the quarterback are bros. So yeah. So it's what's and the, I have- shower, the shower narrative. Is that what it is? So, so Adam <laughs> Levitan calls it, I think, or whatever. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And Jackson Dart's a Debbie quarterback that I've been scooping up a lot. I just traded one of my only shares of him this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, him, just just had to move him. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just uh, Lane Kiffin's a, a, a offensive genius, and I uh, I want to see what he can do with Dart, and so I'm I'm throwing that Dart. Oh, hey oh. <laughs> so. Uh, I'll toss one other tight end name out, and this has been—he's going to be like the hashtag my guy of this offseason for me. Okay. His name, his name is Shaman Metier. Okay, D H A M O N. His first okay. name and then last name is M E T A Y E R. He's a second year guy at Cincinnati. They—they um, okay. they've generally had pretty good tight end play there over the past you know decade ish. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where um um uh, is, holy crap, Kelsey comes from. Yeah, um, and they've had some other, you know, moderately decent guys there as well. Um, this kid, he came and he was he was listed as an athlete. He was like six five to twenty. They're like, okay. red shirt you for a year. They're gonna bulk you up. Showed up this year at two fifty two. Oh wow! Didn't really apparently lose much of the athleticism. Caught two touchdowns at their spring game. Has been reportedly like their their most amazing offensive weapon. They have to replace yeah. like all of their offensive production. Yeah. Um, like all you want at that position is like that high RAS score. Like, isn't that, that's what everybody says. I think this kid's going to test off the charts. Um, and I think he's going to be very productive at Cincy too. So that's a name that I've been, I've been circling. I've been drafting him like everywhere I possibly can stashing him. I think he's a pretty good bet to at least get some draft capital down the line. Awesome. Did Cincy have a quarterback transfer there? They did. Who was it? Hey, he's terrible. It's Ben Bryant. So Ben Bryant was at Cincy, battled it out with Prater, ended up losing the job, went to Eastern Michigan last year and was one of the worst quarterbacks in FBS and then went back to Cincy. I think he's going to be their backup. I think he's going to be there. Okay. They have, they have a Desmond Ritter clone basically there, Evan Prater. Okay. Got it. Who probably starts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, that wraps up the, uh, the intro to Debbie intro to C to C campus to Canton discussion. So, what I'd like you to do now, Austin, is really just talk about uh, the website and the brand of Campus to Canton, and then we'll wrap up. Sure. Um, well, yeah, thanks for, for having me on and giving me that opportunity to uh, to, to pump the site here a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we are, uh, basically, we, we what we specialize in is everything that I call like college-adjacent fantasy information. We have a full select section on the website for just, you know, you just play college fantasy. These guys, you know, you, you get them for four years, they play, you're done. And you draft, you know, and other like there, that is a format. It's very fun. We have guys that specialize in that. We have a group that specializes in just Debbie. And then, of course, we have our, our C2C information as well. Um, we have all sorts of uh, in-house ADP rankings for all of them split out. We have a ton of different tools that Jarek Backus has built out that, you know, uh, all sorts of different player data apps, rush yards over expected. Um, you know, you can chart all tons of different players. You can chart Julio Jones and J- Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, and uh, Tyreek Hill on a on a graph and see how they all compared against each other in high school or nice. college. Like you can do all those kinds of things. Um, obviously, all sorts of different articles. And then we have our Discord. And then in season, we have lots of DFS uh, betting content as well. 
whole, whole set of podcasts. Um, so just, just a lot going on over there. We have, we've already put out a, like a 250 page, uh, guide to help you with your freshman supplemental drafts this year. That like, that's your big draft in C2C is like the rookie draft. Not a lot of guys coming up. Everyone's probably rostered. The freshman drafts kind of the big ones. So we did a huge okay. guide with that. Wednesday cool. we have a, a 300 page Debbie guide coming out. So like we we do a lot of you know supplemental type uh, um, uh, things as well. So it, it's I mean I think it's I think it's a pretty cool uh, site. Kind of something that that no one else was really doing all in one spot before. You kind of had to go to here to get your CFF, here to get your Debbie, yeah, uh, here to get something else. So we, we're trying to put it all in one place. Uh, we have a bunch of different tiers of memberships as well. So depending on, you know, what you want to spend or what tools you want, you can kind of pick and choose through and, and get all those things. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, I will. Uh, I need to check that the the DFS and, and betting stuff out because um, I will uh, I'll dip my toe every year into college football DFS and I think I've come close to winning like a couple of times and not winning like the whole thing, but like winning a couple bucks. But every net, like it'll just plummet. I'm like, ah, so yeah, I definitely need to check that out personally. So, well, cool, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed this and, and we need to do this more for sure. For sure. Uh, appreciate your, your knowledge on, on college football and, and all that. So, um, Anything else you would like to plug before we wrap up or before we get out of here? No, no, just uh, go check out the site. I mean, a lot of it, uh, the articles and stuff are all free too. So if you just want to go look and see what we've got going on there, you can see all of it. So it said definitely go and at least, at least click through things and see, uh, see if anything catches your eye. Absolutely. And that wraps up this episode of fantasy nightcap. Make sure you guys follow Austin at Debbie Dietz and at campus to Canton. The website is campus2canton.com. That's the number two. And this is the Fantasy Nightcap. You can follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB. The show Twitter account is at Fantasy Nightcap. We are on all of your uh, podcasting networks. If I'm not on there, tell me because I will go get on there. And like and subscribe on our YouTube page. We'll do. I'm going to do some more pre-recorded content here shortly where I'm doing rookie draft reviews. I'm going to go live probably once a month for the actual nightcap show. And then you've got the sit down with Shane and then sign up for Polly's playoff, a tournament to end Alzheimer's. And I think that's done me plugging myself. So this is the fantasy nightcap where we serve you fantasy advice straight. No chaser. Cheers. <laughs>